morning, Roxy Soxy. Good morning, Tam Tam. How are you? Well, I think I'm doing much better than you because you just <laughs> let me know that you have coronavirus for the second time. Yes, that's right. The entire <laughs> house has it. My daughter's home from school. And um, yeah, we're just trucking along with the old Rona again this week. Um, I feel I like say, it just is a cycle. It's a once yeah, a year thing. You it, know, it had to come visit again. You know, I will say it is very mild this time. So okay, good. So did you lose your taste and smell? It dulled a little bit, but it wasn't as bad as last time. In fact, I thought I just had like a sinus infection. Right. And then I was like, oh yeah, here we go again. So I have such bad health anxiety that when I lost my taste and smell, I went to the the worst and the darkest place that I thought that I had um, completely damaged the support cells in my nose and the nerves (laughs) would never come back again to the point where I went to the gas station and I started sniffing gas (laughs) because I was like, this must be the only so if I can smell that, then it will come back. And I didn't smell it for about three weeks. But but yeah, maybe I was manifesting the wrong thing. And that yes. is a mm-hmm. good indication and a good segue for our next guest who I have been obsessed with. And I do believe I've manifested her into my life. And I was thinking when I was on the treadmill today, I was like, did she sit there and meditate and go, are these girls right for me? Or are they not? Like, what did she, like, did the universe lead her here? Or did, I want to know how the process, how the process works. So who do we have next, Roxy Soxy? Well. I mean, we are so excited because we've been waiting for this one for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, long time. Well, patience is a virtue. Patience is a virtue and it's a real test. You know, it's yes. like I'm working on it. I'm working on it. But we have a number one New York Times bestselling author. She's the host of the Dear Gabby podcast. You definitely heard her, no doubt been inspired by her. You look at her Instagram and you just listen to her for like two minutes and you're hooked. So we are so excited today to welcome the one and the only Gabby Bernstein. What's up, ladies? So nice to be with you here. Thank Thank you you so much. I think uh, today is like the perfect day to speak to you because I feel like I've been in such a negative uh, vibration state. And I feel like I'm really good at manifesting and for good things to happen in my life and being connected to the universe when when other good things are happening, correct? So it's like, you know, it's very easy to feel like you're in flow and I'm an actress, so I'm in a, on a movie set and everything's going great and I get offered another movie. But then when I leave, I start to get into this negative spiral and then I feel like I'm attracting things towards me that I don't necessarily want or need. So what happens when you're in a state like me today where you feel like you just don't, you don't want to feel good. <laughs> okay. Okay. How do you get how do you feel better when you almost are addicted to the dopamine you do get from sort of the negative mentality? I believe that when we have uncomfortable feelings, they're there to reveal to us deeper experiences that we might need to heal. Mm-hmm. They're there, those feelings are there to guide us as a way of opening up to what's the next level of our own personal development. So rather than feeling like we have to always be in such a high vibration, become curious about the moments when we're not. Mm -hmm. And when you're not feeling all that high vibe, check in with yourself. Mm -hmm. Okay. What's up today? How am I, what am I, what am I feeling inside? Mm -hmm. What does that feeling want to reveal to me? Mm -hmm. What could I learn from this? 
Mm-hmm. Is there a message that this feeling wants me to know? Because the more we judge that feeling or try to push past it or try to spiritually whitewash and just override it, mm-hmm. then we can get ourselves into a habitual pattern of just living from one high to one low, one high to one low. And that's not the goal. The goal is to feel steady and feel mm-hmm. connected and even feel connected even when things aren't going the way we want. Mm-hmm. You know, we've had um, people come and speak on this podcast about manifestation and we've had, you know, just a wide range of, of opinions and and things like that. But we had somebody come on here that said, when you get stuck in a manifestation or something isn't happening the way you want it, it wasn't meant to be yours to begin with and you should change course. Now, what do you think about that? Is it should you work on getting unstuck from something if it's something you really desire and you feel like is part of your path or is it where you kind of reroute and change direction? There's two sides to that story. There's Mm. one side, which is that if something isn't happening, I believe that rejection is protection. So if you didn't get that house that you put an offer in on, God bless you, right? That wasn't meant to be. Mm-hmm. Or if that relationship doesn't work out, it's it's potentially because there's something better on the way. And I do believe in that genuinely. But I also do believe that if we have something that we desire and it just continues to not show up in our life over and over and over again, then often we may not want to just assume that the outside world is the problem or that there's necessarily a uh, issue. But otherwise, Just check in with our belief systems because we manifest what we believe. So if you are in a place of just consistently attracting work that's not supportive of you or work that's undervaluing you, or if you keep attracting partners that treat you poorly, all of those attractions are a magnet and a a match for what you believe to be what you're worthy of. Mm -hmm. So checking in with your belief systems to see them as a guide for why you may not be attracting what you want into your life. So there's two answers to that question. And I think that that all the belief in the world that you could have the right house, if it's not meant to be the right house for you, you're not going to get it. Mm-hmm. So tr- trusting that you are being guided and also trusting that your beliefs are blocking you at times and your beliefs are supporting you at times. So it's two different ways to perceive that and to look more closely. Mm. So you grew up with going to ashrams with your mom. That's what I read. Is that correct? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And meditating. And so you had a foot in that door and you knew about it, learned about it from a very young age. Um, A lot of people don't have that and they don't have, you know, the teacher or the guide and they don't Mm -hmm. even know where to start. Um, And a lot of people DM me and they say, like, what is manifesting? I talk about it all the time and they say, I'm doing it. Nothing's happening. Do I just pray? I'm trying to feel good. So what essentially is it? You know, cause it's such a buzzword, right? We talk about it all the time, but what is it and how can it change your life? Mm. Well, we're all super attractors. We all have the ability to attract into our life what we desire, what we believe in. But we block that. We block that super attractor power with belief systems from our childhood that we've replayed and repurposed, fear-based belief systems, storylines, feelings of being inadequate, unlovable, not good enough, 
feelings of that one area of my life is working and the other one just never works. Mm -hmm. And just checking in with ourselves and looking at all of the storylines that we've built up and that we've grown to believe in is the first step to recognizing why we're blocking that Mm -hmm. genuine, authentic power that we always have within us. So if you look at it like this, we're always attracting into our life. Our true nature is that free-flowing love nature, the adult resourced, undamaged part of us that was born love and is love. But we build up all these blocks to the presence of that love within us. And so we naturally should and can manifest what we desire, attract into our life what we desire, have invisible doors opening for us, feel surrendered and live with ease and trust that the universe is providing for us. But so many of us don't live that way because we've built up so many blocks against it. Mm. So manifesting isn't something we do. It's something that we are. Mm -hmm. And it's something that's within us. It's something that happens naturally. It's just, are you manifesting what you want? Or are you manifesting what you don't want? Mm. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like, we're, we're kind of like magnets, right? As we walk around in this world, and we're always drawing things in. But does manifestation, does it also parallel your purpose in life? Like what your true purpose is? Because we also hear a lot about that. It's like, you know, finding your true purpose and like how to discover that, like how should somebody who might be listening to this, who may not know their purpose, um, how should they discover their true purpose and how do they align that with the manifestation journey? Do you want me to tell you what your purpose is? Tell me. Yes. Tell me. Your purpose is tell us right now, then it'll save us a lot of therapy bills, please. (laughs) Your purpose Your purpose is simple. Your purpose is to return to that place of love within you, to undo all the belief systems that have been holding you back and the stories that have kept you in fear. When you undo those belief systems, when you do the necessary therapeutic, spiritual work, personal growth work, whatever it takes to get closer to that consciousness, when you show up for that in a committed way, you return to your true purpose, which is to be a vessel through which you extend love, receive love, and energetically support the world through that love that's within you. That might sound a little bit like some esoteric mumbo jumbo, but it's the fucking truth. Mm. I feel like money makes it murky. (laughs) Like I do. (laughs) I feel like... Sure. If I wanted to live my happiest life, I would be performing, doing theater, right? Just just making whatever I can with my hands. I love it. Love to be artistic. Um, but I also have two children, two young children and a family. And so sometimes I align myself with things that I don't necessarily want to do because, again, they're in the realm of what I do. So it's not so far from it, but it doesn't necessarily make me the happiest. But I choose that because I choose my kids' safety and I choose their health and well-being. And sometimes I feel like within that is where I find a little bit of my resistance and my unhappiness is choosing financially what could be right for my family and then also wanting to do what I feel like is right for me. But sometimes they don't coexist. Sure. I think that we have to make choices in life that can help us feel the ability to take care of our families, the ability to show up, the ability to have a sense of safety and security financially or just even in our own in our own personal well-being. But we do all have the capacity and the ability to open up 
the possibilities for attracting more work into our life that is very fulfilling. And particularly those of us who live in Western cultures who have freedom for the most part these days, but who have who have some freedom, who have a uh a country that that supports entrepreneurism and supports unique creative career endeavors. So with that on our side, we have the opportunity to stay open to creative possibilities, to think and feel into what it is that we want to attract into our life in, as it relates to work. And to also do it, even if it's not our full-time gig. So for instance, I am absolutely blown away by this model of positive discipline, which is bringing up my child with this pretty much Montessori model that's based on this method called positive discipline. Mm-hmm. It's changing me, and I feel very passionate about getting it out to the world. Now, if you were to ask my team right now, is this on the docket? <laughs> They'd say, hell no. She can't go do another training. She can't do this. She can't do that. But my openness is just allowing me to really show up for what that intuition is saying and allow the universe to expand time. So maybe I can listen to some of the lessons in the car when I'm driving, Mm -hmm. and maybe I can practice it more with my son as a day-to-day experience so that I can really get the material in my bones and build up one small action daily towards the desire to really get trained in this so that one day I can go around and just teach all these parents how to not shame their children Mm -hmm. unconsciously. (laughs) So you know, if I were to sit here and say, oh, well, I've got so many things that my team are telling me to do, or I can't do this, I can't do that, then I might block some miracles. But having the willingness to be creative and to do that work on the side, finding that that open space, even if it's just for a half hour a day or 10 minutes a day or mm-hmm. in the car driving to listen to the audiobook, whatever that might be, being open to the fact that I can do it. So if you're saying you want to do theater, then do theater. And, I, and now you're going to be like, oh, well, fuck you, Gabby. You know, I've got kids and I've got a family. never say that out loud. Well, well, you might be thinking it silently. Um, but, my, but what I really mean is, is like, okay, so you've got kids that you need to care for right now. So could you create some theater experience with your children? Could you take them into a black box theater and, you know, do a monologue for them? I mean, is there a way for you to ignite that soulful, purposeful part of you without feeling like it has to be your profession. Because the irony is that the more we actually practice those purpose-driven parts of ourselves, the sooner it does become our profession. And I know that there's been points in my life where I've done meditation, you know, I've been really into it and like really made it, you know, something that I regularly do. But then there are other times when I've kind of fallen out of it. And it's, you know, it's usually the times where I feel like I can't get control of my mind. Like the mind is like Mm. wandering. So, right. It's like, it's really hard to kind of bring it back. I mean, it's doable, but it, it, it can be challenging. But so when your mind wanders, when you're meditating, does that mean you've lost the meditation or the meditation isn't valid? Yeah. Right. Let me answer that for you. Yeah. Yeah. So when when your mind wanders when mm. you're meditating, what that means is that you're having a active meditation. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a good thing. It means that your thoughts are just wavering and moving and thinking and and processing. Mm-hmm. So what's very valuable is to have a single pointed focus in that meditation, whether it's a mantra or it's a breath pattern mm. or it's staring at a candle, 
whatever that focus can be is where you come back to. So if your mind starts to wander about the groceries or the to-do list or whatever, just gently return to the mantra, return to that focal point. Because it's not about overriding the feelings. Those thoughts and feelings need to come up to be processed. And then you just gently look look to your look inward, you breathe, you do whatever it is that that mantra may say, and you return back to that focal point. And don't judge it. It's a beautiful thing. You're having an active Ooh. meditation. I don't like meditating. Like I hmm. like to like to think that I like meditating <laughs> and I have done all the meditation camps and I, I mean, not all of them, but a lot of them. And I have a transcendental mantra that I say that I'm not supposed to tell anyone. And I just don't like being still. And sometimes I get to the point of nothing and it makes me, it freaks me out. I feel like I'm halfway between life and death. And what happens if, because it's not sleep, (laughs) but it's not being in my world. And that quiet really does affect me. And again, busyness is is what gives me um, worth and success is there what we gives go. me worth. Mm-hmm. And I know that. I know, I know what my issues are because I feel like I'm nothing without being busy. So that means I need to go towards being still, but I, no, I just no, no, don't no. like it. Let's mm-hmm. back up. Let's actually just talk to the part of you that feels like you're worthless unless you're busy. Oh, yeah. Because I was a child actor, right? So mm-hmm. yeah. at 14, I was on set, 16 hours a day, 14 hours a day. And then I was very successful at a young age in Australia. And that was my worth, yeah. was to be successful. And if I don't get busy and I don't work, then I might not have that level of success. And if I don't have that level of success that I want, then I'm meaningless, right? So, and I know that, but it, but it's it's hard to change. And I do walk in that pain a lot, and I do walk in that uncomfortable fear every day. Mm-hmm. But I, it's it's a struggle, you know. What if instead of struggling with that fear, you could befriend that part of you mm-hmm. and help it out, right? So. That belief system of if I'm not working, I'm not good enough. I'm just kind of boiling it down, right? If I'm not doing, I'm not worthy. That's just a part of who you are. It's not who you are. Mm. It is a part of you that's been protecting you from feeling deeper feelings, from feeling those feelings of inadequacy. It's a part of you that's been doing a really nice job working really hard to Mm -hmm. keep you from feeling deeper feelings. Mm -hmm. And it's also a part of you that's done really good work in the world. Mm -hmm. So what if instead of feeling like we have to shame that part of you or judge it or or say, well, you know, I I hate meditation because I need to be doing this. What if instead you could become curious about that part of you that's that's coming up, that's very present, that's really managing your life. Mm. And so just 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 getting curious about it. I could just even ask it some questions. You know, it's like you could say, well, what do I notice when I'm feeling that? fear come up of do something, don't meditate. Where does that live in my body? And what is the shape of that feeling? Or is there a color or an age? And what do I know about it? You know, how it, how old is it? When does it start? And you do know a lot about it. You already know a lot about it. But what do I know about it? Does it did it start at a young age? Is it is it earlier than being on set? Is there an image or a storyline that goes along with it? 
And then literally asking that part of you, once you have some connection to it, asking that part of you, well, what do you need from me? Mm. What do you need from the the adult resourced undamaged love within me? Mm. What do you need? And so if I were to ask that part of you right now, what does it need from you? What might it say? My first word was acceptance. I don't know why. Yeah. Just yes. be enough. Like just as I am. Yeah. Acceptance is is gorgeous. And I feel like my panic attacks have gotten so much better when like people, because I talk about a lot of my social media and they say like, I, they, you know, they, they think that you have all the answers, but I, I do not. I just have suffered from anxiety my whole life, but I just talk about what I know that works for me. And they said like, well, how do I stop a panic attack? And I go, well, I've got the, the easy things like distraction and some people take think whatever medicate I don't medication for it or whatever drink cold water splash your face whatever but the biggest one for me that has really changed my life is accepting that the panic attack is happening being like yes okay you fucker this sucks um here we are we've been here so many times daily weekly monthly and you never die from it. And we always get to the other end. And so we're just going to have to sit in this wave of feeling disconnected and shaky and my arms feel tingly. And it's just is what it is. Like I can't. And the minute I stop fighting it, which is a whole metaphor for my life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. The minute I stop fighting it is when it gets easier. And there are times in my life where I'm able to accept it more than others. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It's that shame that goes. I used to, every time I used to have a panic attack, the first thing I'd say to myself, which is so interesting, and I started to pay attention to the words I used to speak, I'd say, like, what's wrong with you? Mm. I'm so mad at you, Tamman. Like, I'm so mad at you for feeling this way. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I used to say. Yeah. And now I'm like, well, we've been here before and we're Beautiful. stronger. But so that takes, I mean, well, God, you're starting I'm to develop now. So mm-hmm. well, what's happening is you're beginning to develop compassion for yeah. the, for the anxiety. And really the anxiety is just like another little child living inside of you that it's there to protect you from feeling deeper, deeper wounds that still need some love and processing. Mm. And so we, Anxiety kind of takes over the system at times to manage and and override deeper feelings. Mm-hmm. And so your your ability to start to accept it is extraordinary because what it means is that some compassion is coming through. Mm-hmm. And so instead of judging that part of you that's like coming on with an anxiety attack, mm-hmm. Try what I just did with you before. Just become curious, like tune in with your body and just become curious about what you're feeling inside. Become curious about if it has a shape or a color. Notice where it lives in your body, if it's in your chest or your stomach or your jaw. And then get to know it more. Like, are you a certain age? Are you young? Are you, how long have you been around? What do I know about you? Just give it some attention. Mm. And then, once you have some contact with that anxiety part, ask it what it needs. Mm. Because it'll usually say, I need to be seen. Mm. Or I need, just like you said, I need acceptance. Or I need some calm energy. Mm-hmm. 
when we just become curious about these parts of ourselves, they don't have to fight anymore. And if you use the example of a toddler, mm -hmm. I have a four-year-old right now, so he's my greatest example. Mm -hmm. If he's losing his shit and I say to him, calm down, calm down. He's having a tantrum. And I say, calm down. That is really just going to perpetuate that tantrum. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I said to him, oh, honey, I notice, sometimes they can't notice it for themselves, but hey, I notice that you're really tight in your shoulders. And I notice that you're having a lot of anger. I notice mm -hmm. you're so mad and frustrated. And I know that when that used to happen to mommy and I start to empathize, you know, I know. Mm -hmm. And really asking maybe what, what do you need right now? Or even just holding that space mm -hmm. to give him what he truly needs, which is my presence, is the same thing. Mm -hmm. So treating the anxiety and panic attack as a child that's sitting inside of you having a tantrum. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting point. Um, now that you're bringing up kids is, you know, we're all moms here. And, um, you know, I think part of our job or what we want for our kids, you know, is to really have a true sense of happiness within themselves. And, and I don't mean like every day is a walk in the park or, you know, it's all roses because there are dark days too, you know, it goes up and down, but how do we equip our kids to have that, that genuine true sense of, you know, happiness within their, the, mm -hmm. themselves, you know? Well, you asked the question. This is what I've been wanting to teach. So thank you very much. <laughs> uh, we welcome all of their feelings. We honor and respect them as humans. Mm -hmm. We don't shame them. We don't treat them like they're like we have a power over them. Mm -hmm. We become curious about them. We ask them questions. We listen to them. We create an environment where they feel safe and seen and soothed mm -hmm. and secure. Mm -hmm. When they're having, when they're doing something that we don't want, we recognize that they're not a bad kid. They're just mm -hmm. showing us a feeling that they cannot express fully. Mm -hmm. And that goes for kids that are like two to 25, mm -hmm. when they're acting out, they are showing us a feeling that they do not have words for. Mm. Yeah. I have a four-year-old and a, a nine-year-old and I feel like I'm a better mom the second time <laughs> because I learned a lot about myself. Um, sure. I, and that is helpful for my four-year-old, but I feel like I treat my seven-year-old. She's a more difficult child than my four-year-old. Um, and I feel like I treat her differently because I expect more from her. And I notice that my triggers are on fire because there's a lot of wounds that I haven't healed within myself. So when she has these really big emotions and screams and yells and says, you're an idiot, I feel like it's, I go straight to disrespect, right? Because it's the way that we were parented. If I ever said that to my mother, holy crap. Um, we, I would have heard about it in, in many ways. Um, so it's just, I've learned that the, when what Roxy said to make your kids happy, I think happier kids come from happier parents. And I think they're going to have so many times in their life where they feel like they're rejected or, mm -hmm. you know, worthless or sad, whatever they feel. But if we're not putting our shit onto them as well as the shit that they're already taking, mm -hmm. I feel like they'll be happier, you know, and our parents so are the best. They would could. you like a few step process for mm -hmm. how do you relate to her? So for all parents listening, 
when your child's acting out in any way, they're either trying to seek revenge because they don't feel seen or they don't feel respected. They're trying to get attention because they haven't felt that attention from you or they feel completely flooded and inadequate, not good enough, and they're just shutting down. So there's a handful of different things that are happening for them when they're acting out. Mm -hmm. So the first thing is to recognize that they're not acting out because they're bad. They're acting out because they need to be heard. They need to be seen. And so the first thing you can do when you notice that is just start to notice and just give the words to their feelings that they may not be able to identify. Mm -hmm. So I'm noticing that you're really upset. And I'm noticing that you have some anger towards me. And I'm noticing that you're wanting to shake out your body and you want to just cry. And I noticed that. And I I also just want you to know that when mommy gets upset, I want to shake and cry too. And when mommy gets upset, I want to take it out on somebody else. And that's a natural response. And that's something that happens to me a lot. And when I was a kid, it really happened to me. And I'm wondering if you can come up with any other ways that you might want to do this differently. Is there another way that you could? could tell me how you're feeling or is there another way that you could express your anger towards me or is there another way that we could we could communicate and give them the agency to tell you the other way mm -hmm. and so with a toddler i mean it's like i noticed that you're so upset oliver i noticed that you're so outraged and i know mm -hmm. i know you wish you could have that right now and when mommy didn't get those things when she was little i used to slam my feet on the ground mm -hmm. i would shake 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 and the empathy is really important because it lets them connect to you. Mm. And then and then you can redirect by allowing them to share with you what their possible redirection could be. Mm -hmm. So what else do you think you could do right now? Mm -hmm. What's, what would be another way to express that? Mm -hmm. My son will always come up with the most profound things. Mm. Well, I could tell you I'm mad <laughs> or I could show you that I didn't do what I thought I was, you know, just something so profound. It's mm -hmm. unbelievable what he comes back with. And what that does is it tells them one, that their feelings are not wrong, mm -hmm. that their feelings are good, that it's very valuable to process your feelings. It allows them to co-regulate with your own energy because they don't have the brain capacity to process those big emotions and feelings. And we do, so we can hold that for them in that moment. It allows them to learn that they can self-regulate, that they have the ability to self-soothe and calm down, and it gives them the ability to recognize that they have agency in their life and they can actually make choices mm. and they can choose to see things the way that they want to rather than be told, you're wrong for doing that. You're saying, what else might you want to do? Mm -hmm. So you're really validating their feelings. You're making them be heard, which is also good for us to do with our own inner child. You know, it's yeah, like, it's all the same. It's, it's all, all the, the same. same. It's all it's the same. All, right? Anything it, you do with any of this positive discipline is the same way you would want to connect to, to yourself. Yeah. yeah. But also because, if you lose your shit, like I lost my shit the other day and I then very quickly sat down with her and we had a discussion mm -hmm. and it wasn't a blame, shame, uh, guilt conversation. It was, look, firstly, I apologize for losing my shit. Not perfect. Mm -hmm. Secondly, this is what I need from you and expect from you because I'm parenting you alone right now while your dad's not here. Right. Um, and this is how it makes me feel. Also, I'd like to know how you feel and I'd like mm -hmm. to figure out a way for us to figure this out. And she went straight to the positive 
the reinforcement of herself. Because when I go straight into me being hysterical and overwhelmed and I snap, she goes to hating herself. And I think oh, that's yeah, what yeah, yeah. Don't oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't realize. They don't hate you. They hate them. We- Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. So when we discipline with rage or anger, any of that, really, that's just sending a message to them that I'm bad. I'm not good enough. I'm, you know, all of it, all of the message. If we, if we are on our phone all the time, I'm not worthy of being seen. If we're, you know, raging on them, I'm not, my voice doesn't matter. My ideas don't matter. So it's all internalized, all internalized. They're developing their own protection mechanisms in the moments that we act like that. So what you did was, I'm just going to repeat that for you. So what you did was extraordinary because you made a repair. Mm sat with her. Mm-hmm. It's not about how perfect we are. It's about how well we repair. <laughs> so yeah. you sat with her mm-hmm. and you said, oh, mommy could have, could have handled that a little bit better. And I said, you yeah. shouldn't live in this house. Yeah. Mommy could have handled that a little bit better. <laughs> Move out. Yeah. Yeah. Mommy could have handled that a lot better. And I love you so much. And you know, everybody, and, and, and we all have different ways of reacting to things. And this was mine. And I love you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to, I think sometimes if there's tension in the house too, between the partners, between the parents, you know, it's natural. The people fight sometimes in front of their kids, you know, they take it on. Like it's me. Like when my, when my husband and I are having an argument or we're Mm. just even like in a heated debate, my kid starts kicking the chairs Mm. because he's so internalizing it and he can't. Mm. And, and then I'll look at him and say, Oh, do you want us to stop? Mm -hmm. And then I'll say, Oh, mommy and daddy really love each other, and we're just having a big debate. Mm-hmm. Or it's, it's it's healthy for people to have arguments, but we, we are sorry we're doing that in front of you. And then we love you, Oliver. Mm-hmm. We love you. Let's have a family hug right now. So it's the resolution that's the important piece of that puzzle, correct? Yes, like, it is. It's the repair. It's the repair. It goes back to the yeah, yeah. I feel like. I would never think that you'd fight with your husband, Gabby. <laughs> I know. Um, where do you think I get all the material? Where do I get all the material for my books? <laughs> I'm like, can you just... please give us right. a play-by-play of what that <laughs> yeah. looks like? Well, I don't. I feel like your well, mics would be way better. You're too spiritually advice. aware, you know. It's yeah. like you seem like you're so, you know. I'm actually, matter. I'm actually, I'm very spiritually aware mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for we've been together for 17 years married for nine mm-hmm. and only now are we really understanding in our bones and in our nervous system a, a gentler path of communication. It literally took mm-hmm. the nine years of therapy. And oh. so I am the result of hard work and therapy. We are the result of the miracle of therapy. Mm-hmm. And we run a business together. We have a child together. We run a household together. We're married. We love each other. He's my best friend. And I love him more now than I did when I first met him because of the care and respect that we've brought to the marriage. Now, has it been has it been at times very difficult? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But are both of us having the willingness to work on it is what kept us going and is what's offered us the miracle that we live in now. Mm-hmm. So now when we're activated, we know how to how to self-soothe. We know how to speak on behalf of the parts of us that are activated. Mm-hmm. We know how to get back into that adult energy and communicate better. We know how to step away. I mean, it's it's a, it's, it's a miracle. It's a true miracle. I'll write a book about it one day. Yeah, please do. Yes, please do. One. Well, I listen to your books when I hike. So um, your audio books. <laughs> I've listened to Super Attractor three times, by the way, every time I get into a negative. That and Glennon Doyle's um, Untamed. Yes. Oh, now, and, let me make a public magic. service announcement oh. for my most important book, 
that, you know, you write books called The Universe Has Your Back and you write books called Super Attractor and everyone's like, I want that. I want to manifest, right? But they don't realize that the secret to manifesting is to clean up all your shit. (laughs) This is the book. Happy days, happy days, happy days. If you want to live a life beyond your wildest dreams, then this is the book, The Guided Path Mm. from Trauma to profound freedom and inner peace. And can I listen to that on audiobook? Yes, ma'am. I read it (laughs) really beautifully. Yes. And I'm holding it up because, you know, I I, I always look at the book scan numbers of like which books like are like blowing it out of the park and which books do well, but not as well. And it's like the manifesting books blow it out of the park. Mm -hmm. And I get that. And I get that. And I get that. But the thing that I really want to drive home right now is if you really want to manifest, mm-hmm. clean your shit up and read this book yeah, so and true. give yourself permission to really, really go deep and clean house because right. from that energy, that's how we manifest. Can you give our listeners just maybe three tips that they can apply today to set themselves on a path of you know happier. happiness? Yeah. yeah. Happier days and super attraction and just really wanting to, you know, move forward with their lives in that way? Well, I think the first thing is to become willing to do the work on yourself. Mm. So that doesn't have to be through this book. It could be through a therapist. It could be through a podcast, whatever it is, but maybe setting the intention every day. I'm willing to see things differently. Mm. That's a prayer that opens an invisible door. You're going to hear this next podcast that you need to hear. You're going to read a book that you needed to read. Whatever it is will come into your life because you're telling the universe, I want to change my perspective Mm. and the universe will always deliver. Mm -hmm. The next thing I would suggest is just to become more curious about the ways that you get activated, right? So when you notice yourself next time in that, you know, desire to rage or the need to control something or the need to go binge in the refrigerator, just take one moment, maybe 30 seconds to just breathe into your body and notice what you notice on the inside Mm -hmm. and just become curious about what's happening from a somatic experience. Become curious about what's happening in your inner landscape, in your nervous system, in your stomach, in your shoulders, in your brain, what's coming through and just Mm -hmm. start to notice it. And that curiosity might break the pattern. Mm-hmm. And the third one. <laughs> yes. And the third one. Don't leave well, us hanging. <laughs> well, there's so many. The third one, I would say, is to ground yourself through a heart hold. So mm. placing your hand on your heart and your hand on your belly and breathing has the ability to completely settle your nervous system mm-hmm. and send a message to your amygdala that it's safe and that you can relax and you can let go. And so just practicing a heart hold would be a really valuable practice to bring into your day-to-day experience. That's good for stress management too, Mm. right? If you're having... And also knowing if you're alive. (laughs) (laughs) You can check your heart. (laughs) I have one last question for you. Do you believe in that there's more after this? Do you believe in... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I believe that we come here to learn and unlearn. And Mm -hmm. we come here to return to that place of pure love. Mm. when we are in the other realm, we are back to that presence and essence of pure love. Mm-hmm. I do believe that we have the cho- our soul has a choice to come back in another lifetime. We also have the choice in some cases to work in that realm of spiritual guidance and to really show up for our loved ones and for humans from a different perspective. And I know that. I know that to be true. Mm. I can hear my my grandmother. I can hear my ancestors. I can hear spiritual guides. I know that i can mm-hmm. see their light and you know everybody knows what they know and that's something i know 
Are you afraid of death? Much less so because <laughs> I have that belief. <laughs> Much less so than the average person. So not the finale, like, us. Not like the ending. <laughs> Tamman and I have a little anxiety about death. Oh, every night. Yeah. Every night. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Every night. Well, I think that most people do. Mm-hmm. And I think that strengthening your spiritual faith will help you a lot. Mm. And looking for those signs of the owl, right? You. Now you're now you're leaning into a whole other book. Mine's a butterfly, but the problem is there's a lot of butterflies. Okay, so like, is this a sign or is it just a color? What color is that butterfly? A white butterfly. I saw this white butterfly the other day, and it landed on me, and it just sat there. There you go. And I was like, is it because it's butterfly season? No, no. Stop (laughs) questioning. Um, Yeah, if you feel this is a place to end, that's nice. Is that if someone's like, okay, I really want to cultivate a connection to spirit to have a spiritual faith or I want to mm-hmm. just deepen my relationship to my inner wisdom. I have, um, I've been gifting these two meditations. They're manifesting meditations. Mm-hmm. And so if your listeners just go to deargabby.com slash free meditations, mm-hmm. I can help them now. So yeah. that's a nice place to start. Well, thank yes. you so much. We thank are you. so lucky that we got to have you. Yes. It took a year, but we were here. <laughs> it was well worth the wait. <laughs> it was worth you guys the year. Are so awesome. I know it always happens when it's meant to. Thank you for having <laughs> yes. yes. Thank you so much. And we appreciate you. Yes. And go change the world. You too. We'll just bitch about <laughs> all the things we did on the show. Keep changing the world, loves. <laughs> thank you. Thank oh, you so thanks, much. Gabby. Bye, Gabby. Bye, Bye guys. Talk to you later. And you guys can find us on Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And I am Tannen Sursock. And I am Roxy Manning. And we are Women on Top. top. I was going to say bottom, but... <laughs> <laughs>